everyone. You listen to Garage Hammer, episode 144. On tonight's episode, the fat manling has got his little beardling on with him, and they're going to talk about reading the Silver Tower. Sounds a lot more exciting than he normally is, so I don't know what's going on, but hopefully it'll be at least entertaining. I mean, that little kid's a little better than he, he's got to be better than his old man, doesn't he? <laughs> Shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next few hours, I'll be doing the best I can to share with you my love of tabletop wargaming and probably some of my various other fandoms. So bringing you Iron Jaws, Flesh Eater Quartz, and the Silver Tower, I'm Dave Witek, and tonight I'm here again with Lindsay. Um, those of you who don't know, go back and listen to the episode with Lindsay. Uh, she's here again with me. She says hi. Yeah, she says hi. She says other things too, but I'm not repeating all that stuff on the air. So whatever for that. Um, later on, I will be joined by Harrison, who hasn't been on in quite some time. Um, but uh, he and I were uh, playing some Silver Tower. Uh, and uh, he wants to come on. And he's going to talk with uh, me and you guys about it as we've uh, gotten a, a couple of rounds in. And um, we're going to let you guys know what we think and kind of go into a little bit of a, a game description for those of you who are curious. So hopefully you'll like that. But first, of course, we have to thank Garage Hammer sponsors because our sponsors are awesome. I mean, like, super awesome. Not as awesome as our fans because our fans are the best. But uh, our sponsors are awesome, too. Uh, let's see. Uh, sponsors are Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake, Illinois, which, by the way, if you're listening to this, there might still be a day or two. If you're local, May 21st, I'm hosting my first ever Age of Sigmar one-day, three-round uh, tournament. You should be there. Uh, Merch Miniatures, that's M-I-E-R-C-E hyphen miniatures dot com. Uh, Mantic Games, bringing you bigger armies. And the TC War Room in Traverse City, Michigan, because you ain't wrong. And Battle Foam, protecting your army. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So let's move on to the uh, emails and voicemails and whatnot. Um, if you want to leave me a voicemail. You can at 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. International callers in most countries just dial 00-1757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-441-4696. Now, haven't been getting a ton of emails lately. That's fine. Um, just when they come, I'm always pleased to get them, as you know. Uh, have been getting some emails, still getting a couple of entries for the music contest, got a few things that are looking good, still need to contact the people who are giving me other people's, con- getting a lot of contact information for people who are interested in, in, in writing some new and original music for the show, and dude, that's really cool, no joke, one of the, probably in the top three more exciting things that have happened on the show, um, just people being like, I really love it, and I'm a composer, and I would love to compose some music for for your theme song and i'm just like wow i was just looking for some links to something that's good that's free um that i could use um that's just amazing so very excited about that um 
Also getting some emails uh, from people. I've, I've said before, hey, if you've got a community that's growing and thriving, then you should uh, let me know because I think that's fantastic. Um, I love to hear about growing communities out there. Um, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in the negativity from people that we all know that played a long time or you hear a lot of the tournament players or the online players or people who might have left. Um, it just, it seriously, it, it makes, it's so awesome to hear from people who are just like, hey, we're starting up in our community and we've got people, they've been playing this, that, and the other. No, we're giving AOS a try. We found your podcast. Um, we get a lot of, you know, people coming in and trying stuff now and it, it's so cool to hear it. I have been getting a few emails. Um, I got one from a gentleman named Corey Martin. Um, some people are the, the lone voice in their community. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what to say for that. Like, I'm not certain how to help other than, uh, like, the two simplest suggestions I can have. One is pretty self-serving. Um, try the Garage Hammer Forum. Sign up, and then uh, there's a section for new clubs or new areas. Just, dude, post up, hey, I'm from such and such a place. Is there anybody else out here around here? We got listeners and people on the forum from all over the world. And hopefully there's someone near you. I mean, that's kind of what the forum's for. When the forums got hacked and crashed last year, um, or beginning of the, yeah, it was, it was a nightmare. And I, I honestly considered not bringing them back up because there's so many other, you know, community areas where people can talk. But I wanted to keep that up as a place that's, you know, very AOS friendly and, and family friendly for the most part. Um, and it's very, a very positive community. And I was really just hoping that that would grow as a, as a place that every, anyone who wanted to be as you know a positive or a, you know fanboy out whatever you want to call it, you could go there. Um, if that's not working for you, I would suggest tga.community. Um, that's www.tga as in the Grand Alliance community. Ben Curry put this together. Uh, Got to say, I'm jealous. It's everything I wanted the Garage Hammer forms to be, except he was smart enough to not label it as a podcast thing, but just as a hey. If you're into this game, who you know, it doesn't matter which. In fact, there's a page for all the different uh, AOS podcasts, and he's allowed me to be up there as well. I'll be posting on there the links to the different shows as well as on the normal pages and all the normal ways to get the show. But there's a huge growing community there. In fact, it's only been up a few weeks, and it's I, I think it's at least as big as the Garage Hammer forums are now. So I'm not saying leave my forums or abandon them. Uh, Daniel and I put a lot of work into them, and I'd love to keep people around. But I'm signed up over there as well. Um, I'm more of a lurker. I'm not a heavy poster. That's just me. That's how I've always been. Um, but it's, it's a place to go um, to look for other people in the community if you're not finding them, like Corey, like you said. And um, and it's just it's, it's, it's an all-around really nice site. Uh, he did a great job with it. So I would say whether you're having trouble finding people in your community or you have a big growing community, do just go check it out because at the very least you may find more people uh, around that are on, you know at the same place. Um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So go check it out. Uh, you'll probably like it, and um, I think you I think you'll enjoy it from there. So that's all I have to say about that. And uh, why don't we uh, take a quick break then? Uh, we'll come back after this first commercial break and uh, come back with news and rumors. Lots of news 
and a few rumors uh, about to come up. And I think you will be very happy with what you're about to hear. So we'll be back. Okay. Um, yeah, still live commercial reading. Gosh, am I a lazy person? So, uh, Six Squared Studios. Um, dude, did I not mention them at the top of the show? I think I didn't mention them at the top of the show. Wow, I am a dumbhead. Um, I had an old uh, sheet here and it didn't have the name on it. Wow, Six Squared Studios. Um, they're great, and I didn't even mention them because I'm a jerk store. But they're uh, they are sponsors of the show, and they are they make really good hardboard and MDF bases. They make resin terrain, acrylic counters, accessories. Um, check out their website, um, the number six squaredstudios.com, and check it out. I mean, they've got all sorts of cool stuff there. Um, Obviously, if you're converting up to round bases, they've got round bases. Um, they've sent me some stuff, some cool uh, little terrain bits and stuff like that they're working on. Uh, those are where we got the counters, uh, the objective markers. Uh, they make little measuring tools, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, I'm still loving the paint holder that they have. Um, going to have to get me one of those. Going to have to talk to them about getting one of those. But their their work is top-notch. They're uh, a firm. Uh, they ship domestic shipping for both Canada and the U.S. They live on the border, apparently, so they can do domestic shipping for, for both Canada and the U.S. They are a Canadian-based company. Um, uh, and they're just, dude, they're just gamers who, like, you know, who started wanting to improve their gaming experience. Uh, if you got something custom you want, let them know. You got some suggestions, let them know. Um that's this is what they do, and it's really good stuff. Everybody I've showed their stuff to really likes it. Um, in fact, they're they're and dude, they're like really enthusiastic sponsors of the show. So I I just I I just go check them out at least. Um, they're so enthusiastic about sponsoring the show and what we're doing with AOS that once I finally get off my duff and get the Patreon thing started, um, if you if you become a patron at a certain level. They're they've offered they're gonna you know, they're gonna give like some tokens or some things like that to send out to people who are become patrons because um, they back the show they believe in the show and they want to support the show by uh, helping out with a little support for the for any of the uh, any of the other listeners who help support the show so seriously give them a, check them out they are awesome they've been on the show um, and they do great work. If you were at Holy Wars, some of their stuff was in your swag bag. And as you know, it's top notch. So, and they sent me Lindsay. And Lindsay misses you guys, by the way. She says, not too much. You know, it's cool being here in the crypt with me and all. But, you know, she says she misses you guys. And thanks for sending her here, you know, to America, you know. Because <laughs> that's, uh, well, who doesn't want to be here? Let's be honest. So, all right. So, um, me and Lindsay are going to go back now and um, finish this up, and then we'll be right back with the news and rumors.
All right, I'm back. And news and rumors, as I said, one day, Bits Prep Tournament at Unique Gifts and Games on May 21st. At the time of recording, there's still uh, four spots left. So if you're interested, call Unique Gifts and Games at 847-548-8270, and they'll reserve your spot. It's $10. bucks. Um, there's going to be prizes. There's going to be a bunch of prizes. Uh, in fact, I'm probably going to dig into the prize closet and bring more prizes than you probably should need for a small 12-person or so tournament uh, with a $10 entry fee. Um, I'm just – I just <laughs> – I'm so excited I'm doing this, and I want it to be cool and want it to be good. And I know it's just like a little thing, and it's not a big thing, but uh, it is what it is, and I'm excited about it. So um, please uh, come on out and uh, and and be a part of my first uh, tournament of any kind being run by me. So, woo um, All right, so what's new? Wow, dude. Okay, so much is new. The Destruction book is out. The Iron Jaws book are out. And by the way, both are awesome. We didn't talk about it too much last episode. I think it was just about to come out when we recorded last. Uh, that Iron Jaws book is great. The Destruction book is cool. Wow, talk about very few things getting cut outside of named characters. There's a lot. I mean, that stuff doesn't seem like they cut much at all. Um, I was very excited to see that much uh, staying in the book. Um, But the Iron Jaws book, wowie wow. First of all, I mean, everyone's been praising the new models, and they should because they're awesome. We did talk about the new models last episode. Uh, I've seen some of them up close and in person, and they're just (laughs) gorgeous. Uh, If I didn't have, like, so much on my hobby plate, I would totally uh, get them. In fact... I, I want to talk a little bit about this because I I have not seen such a positive response to a release of anything for Age of Sigmar as I have for these new um, the Oryx. There, the, I mean, the models are really great. They just they just are. I think we all know it. And um, you know, okay, so they've got a lot of forty k names in their models, which I was kind of like, <laughs> but. Who cares at this point? Like, look at these models. They're great. Um, I seriously, I want to buy that Maw Crusher so bad. It's like, but it'll sit on my shelf for like a year. That's how behind I am on building and painting stuff that I just, it's like, I'm getting it. But I don't, like I said, I don't recall anything coming out for Age of Sigmar that got so much. And I mean, there's still people, uh, you know, I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. There's always going to be some people who don't, you can't please everybody. But, dude, this is like, I mean, it seems like everybody who is into AOS likes these models. Like, if you're playing AOS, I haven't heard anybody who's actually into Age of Sigmar poo-poo them, okay? You got your haters, and you got your people from other systems, and it doesn't match up with any of their stuff. And, of course, I'm like, well, I don't know. It's, it doesn't quite fit the aesthetic I'm used to. But, Dude, these are awesome. I, seriously, I, I have a hard time remembering this high of a percentage of positivity for anything um, that I've seen since I started playing, like about 10 years ago. I don't remember this much this much uh, positivity, you know, and I'm not, I mean, there's been positive, people have been positive about uh, lots of things. I mean, when the End Times first came out, that first book came out, Nagash, everyone's like, wow, that book was great. This was awesome. Um, but there were people who hated the model or didn't like the way things were going or this, that, and the other. There's a lot of, you know, there, there was you know, some, some, some criticism 
on these things. And you look at this orc stuff, and the orc stuff, it's just like everybody who's looking at it likes it. Like everybody's buying it up. It's filling up my Twitter feed. Every other picture is somebody painting orc stuff or somebody saying, oh, I really wish I was, you know, either they have an army they're adding to it or they don't have an army and they're starting one or they have too many other armies or they're in the middle of a project and they're lamenting not being able to start one right now. I'm in the third category. Like, I, I've got, I sold a lot of my orc and goblin stuff and I'm looking at it going, well, now I've got just a little bit of goblin stuff left. And I'm looking at it going, wow, this just makes me want to run out and buy stuff. I just, like, like throwing my money at them at this point. Um, I mean, seriously, I can't remember... When I started playing was right before the Dark Elf Demon VC book power trio of books came out. So what, at the end of sixth, the beginning of seventh, that's when I was starting. Like I literally was talking about it, and the new edition of seventh was just coming out. Um, I was hold off just a bit, you know. Don't get this book. Wait, you know, seventh is literally just coming out. Uh and I can't remember. I mean, since then, I can't remember anything. Just having this many people be like, "That's awesome." Uh, I mean, there was a lot of popularity, but you get negativity. And here, I just haven't heard it. It's amazing. I mean, it seems like everyone is just behind it, and that's really cool. Um, <laughs> of, of all the things, the orcs are the things that have that have rallied the community in 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 unison. Um, but yeah, that's wow. I just I'm blown away by that stuff. Uh I did pick up the uh the Flesh Eater Courts book. Uh just picked that up. Uh this is great. By the way, this book is awesome. Um the the descriptions, the stories in here, I will be definitely getting into this book in in great detail soon. Um and I gotta say, the coolest thing in this book is that they went and took the uh, Crypt Horror slash Vargeist kit, and they kit bashed their own dual kit and made new models out of it. Um, they had the Crypt Horror and the Crypt Haunter, which they've always had. Now they have Crypt Flayers, which are Crypt Horrors with the wing parts. Um, and that's a new model. They took the crypt horrors. They put on the Vargas wings. There you go. That's then and and go with that and give that some rules and go with it. So uh, the new book. I mean, it's got the Ghoul King on the Terror Geist, the Ghoul King on the Zombie Dragon, the Ghoul King on foot, the Vargulf, um, the Crypt Ghouls. Then you have the character. You can have a Crypt Ghast, which is just the the character version of the Crypt Ghoul. Um, the Crypt Horrors, then you have the Crypt Haunter Courtier, the Crypt Haunter Courtier, uh, a character model which pretty much is similar in many ways to the Crypt Horrors. Um, then you've got these Crypt Flayers, which are the Crypt Horrors with wings, and the Crypt Infernal Courtier, which is the character version of the Crypt Flayer. Uh, and then you've got a Terror Geist and a Zombie Dragon. So, I mean, it's really simple. It's the ghoul stuff and the... And the Ghoul King, it's it it works. It's just, just all the, it it's it's the it's the people that ain't dead, but are undead anyway. Um, it's it, I like it. 
I like it. There's there's good fluff behind here. Um, they've resurrected some of the some of the names of some of the old characters and gave them a cool new background in this new world. Um, is history just repeating itself? Are they so, spirits somehow coming through the warp? Who knows? Who cares? I'm not trying to explain all that. I'm just looking at what's this really, really nice release. And then, like I said, taking a box that I... Dude, I have like 18 Crypt Horrors, and I got about 18 uh, Vargeists. Um, so I didn't think I needed another box of these ever again. And here I am, going to have to get some um, to to put together this other model, which is the same model. It's <laughs> just, just kit bashing their own double models. I'm wondering if you're going to see any more of that because that's, that's clever. It's uh, releasing a new model. Uh, I did see in the White Dwarf there's the new box, uh, the box for it, uh, new box, new packaging, um, but it looks like the same kit to me. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and... Now with this new release, they've got a, a new GW's got a whole set. Uh, the nice thing about the set is it tells you um, everything's coming on rounds. The uh, the ghouls are on 25s, um, and the other things are on obviously bigger rounds, but the ghouls are on 25s, which I kind of liked because um, I have a lot of 25s, and this will be just fantastic for me. This is just good. This works. Um, I like the sets. I'm not going to go into a ton of it right now because I am going to talk about them in a, in an upcoming show. Go over the book in more detail. But wow, um, another you know, and it's it's just you know, there's it's not exactly a new kit per se for any of these new models, but just the fluff and the story and that whole you know sort of put it together and the synergies between taking this type of an army. I've been taking a lot of undead and necromancer and zombie I'm undead. A lot of zombie and necromancer stuff. Um this is really I I'm looking at pulling out the other parts of my my death army that I don't use nearly as often because there's a the nice cool theme behind it with some new stories and stuff. So and you know how that is. You get a good story behind it. You get a good, you know, kind of put it together, get a good synergy going, and, and it's, it's suddenly it's a, new, it's, it's a new way to love an older toy. So I'm all about it. Um, what else is coming out? Uh, uh, General's Handbook was announced. Um, don't know much about it other than what we heard on Heal and Hammer. And bad dice and face hammer. Although it was you know the same little episode. Um, Going to come out with three ways to play. Um, people are really optimistic about having a point system and having bad dice, face hammer, and healing hammer all go there and play it for the weekend and come back and say, yeah, it's really good. Um, I think that's uh, that didn't hurt, you know. <laughs> but uh, I think next episode I'm supposed to be recording like by, this is really late and I'm sorry guys and in fact it's late enough that. This is so behind that I'm recording like tomorrow, I think, uh, with Domus and McClure or the next day or two. Um, and we were just going to give our thoughts about uh, sort of wish listing, what might be on there and what we think about uh, them finally coming out with a point system. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of potential in this with, the, you know, with them listing out, you know, the book will have the normal way to play, the way we've been playing for a year. It'll have the uh, stuff to run campaigns. And then it'll have points based for the more competitive play. Um, I am, 
I'm kind of I'm kind of excited about it. I'm excited to see what's in it, what's going on with it. Um, Domus and McClure are both sort of all in on um, Age of Sigmar, which I think is great because Domus is kind of out through a lot of seventh, and then uh, he was in on seventh. He was kind of out through a lot of eighth. It wasn't his way of playing, and he took a look at Age of Sigmar, and that sort of narrative play has brought him back. Um, so to have those two, a couple of nice guys, and I think they're you know they're. You know, maybe qualify him as fanboys like me, but that might be nice. Three fanboys just sitting out gushing next week about our hopes for this book that's not even out yet, a general's handbook. So um, we'll talk about that hopefully next episode. And uh, Lindsay is very excited. She wants you to know she's very excited to hear what we have to say about it. So you guys can listen along with her. She's really cool about it. So, um, all right. And by the time you're listening, this pre-order is up for Warhammer Quest and Holy... Moly. Um, this, to me, this is looking like another home run. Um, the only people I've seen really not happy about what they've heard so far um, were people who were either A, mad because it's not backwards compatible with the old game, or B, they're, you know, I literally saw people, you know, I think I'm going to pre order it. No, what? You can't do that after what they did to the old world? No way. And it's like, People are still holding on to that like a year later. Those, you know, that you see people not interested in. Um, holy Sigmar, man. It's been like a year, but, you know, whatever. Never mind. Um, what's been cool uh, is I saw on Twitter someone was posting when they first dropped the pics. And for those of you, it's probably, I mean, if you're listening to this and it's been, if, if, if you didn't listen to this like right when it comes out, the game may already be out. And in fact, you can look all over the internet. Heel and Hammer, uh, Dan and Wayne did a great unboxing video. Dude, I don't have a video camera, uh, so I, I couldn't. Um, I did get a copy from Games Workshop, full disclosure. And uh, I opened it up, put it together, and that's why me and Harrison are going to be talking about it. Um, but someone went and posted all the pictures that had leaked of all the, the models, you know, the characters that you could play with. And then they were posting them up next to... <laughs> The original Warhammer Quest models, like because they had the original Warhammer Quest, and they were just sort of comparing the two, um, you know, models. And you know, now whether you like the new aesthetic or not, seeing how far along these models have progressed is really cool. Like I just look at them both. I like the old models. Like don't get me wrong, those old '80s GW models. Where like you know the like the cash warriors where they're both standing kind of kind of their legs are kind of spread out and they're hunched down a little bit and then their arms are away from their body and sort of just out a bit with fists holding weapons it's sort of like in this weird come at me stance um, it's that 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 typical eighties stance that all the models had um, I love those models but you look at how far they've progressed since then and it's like oh, wow um, you know you you. I was t- I was talking about this a little bit with with Harrison, and I, I I'm going to talk about it now a little bit. Um, I don't want to get too much into this stuff because I just want to I want to take another break and I want to jump into the episode uh, the the well I'll get through the toolbox and then get to the to get to talking about uh, Silver Tower. But you know, a lot of people talk about GW being the best model company out there today, as far as you know, making the models like the quality of their models is top notch. Um, you know, love them or hate them, their models are just so, you know, the thing so thin and delicate and the detailing is so intricate on these on these plastic kits now. It's crazy. Um, 
Now, it's, it might not be your aesthetic, but other people might like other game companies and say they're not the best. There's other people who are just as good. I'm not having that argument. That's not what I'm talking about. But you look at these new models that have come out, and you, I'm just like, wow. Like, I don't see anybody putting anything out like this. And so I'm fanboying out. Sue me. But seriously, look at the old models, and they're not bad. I mean, they're dated, but they're the archetypes. They're of I mean, so many other models and model companies work you know started it looks like that um i mean i could i you know, I, i'm not i'm not going to name names of other model companies but dude, there are model companies that are out now that are making models um and you can find you know brand new startup companies on kickstarter they've never done a model before they're showing you some of these models that they're doing and they look like those old 80s gw models and there's nothing wrong with that but there are companies out there now that are putting out games and lots of games, and you look and a lot of their characteristics of their models are similar to the early GW models. And that's, once again, not a bad thing. Um, you know, we always joke around and laugh about, like, some of the elf stuff, the old uh, elves holding those thick, heavy, big, wide spears with, and, you know... The, the the zombies with the power fist and things like that. And it's hard to get all those things thin and delicate. And you don't realize how difficult it is, you know, because, you know, you see companies producing these things and it looks like GW models from 20 years ago. And, you know, we look at all the technology out there and there are models, companies that are making amazing models. I mean... Those Infinity models, they're fiddly as heck to put together, but they're really nice. And everybody knows I love a good Malifaux model. Um, they're very cool. Um, but you look at, uh, you, you, you think there's all this technology out there. Oh, they've got all the computer stuff, and they've got this, that, and the other. And it's so much easier to design now with all this new technology that's out there and all the new ways to make the models and the, the machinery to, to tool the models is so much more advanced and so much better than it was 20, 30 years ago. The, um, yeah, but then I look at other models, you know, that look similar to those 80s models and you realize it, there's a lot more than just having the technology and the programs and the computers and, and whatever. I don't know what it takes to make a model. I'm a school teacher, not a model maker. Um, but it takes more than just having all that technology. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. It, it takes the right people and the know-how and the experience and the talent to do what they're doing right now. Some of the models in this Silver Tower kit, especially the two elf models, uh, they're so intricate. And so fragile looking. I mean, Harrison and I were putting them together. And, well, I was putting them together. Excuse me. Harrison was sitting next to me and watching and commenting. And they go together beautifully. They just The pieces just sort of slide right in together. And you're looking and you're like, wow. I mean, the dwarf is 11 pieces. Okay. And we'll get more to that later when Harrison, Harrison asked me not to talk about too much about that, uh, the specifics, because... Ouch, sorry. He thought they were really cool too and he wanted to be here for that part. But it just, to do what they're doing right now, it's just amazing. Like, I, I can't wait to see what's coming next. Every time they come out with one of these new kits with these really intricate models, I mean, those elf models, it's like, is this what's coming down the pike for elves? Because if it is, I just, I, I, it's like I got to quit my job and become a full-time, you know, bum 
just so I could sit at home and paint and build all these models because they're that good. And it's like, I can't quit my job to do this, but I want to because I don't want to do that. I like doing this instead because it's looking that's good. I mean, and seriously, think about it. Battle for Skull Pass, man. Battle for Skull Pass, those little one-piece push-fit dwarfs and the goblins. And dude, I loved them. In fact, my first dwarf army, a lot of the stuff I bought was secondhand and getting those Skull Pass sets for cheap. And I thought they were cool, you know. And then, But then you look at the Island of Blood set and you look back and you're like, wow, that's just kind of ridiculous how much better even the one-piece things look. And, and those are basic sets. You know, one and two piece kits, you know, and then I'm not even talking about some of the more groundbreaking stuff that came out at end times, you know. I'm not talking about the stuff like when you start to see the big kits and the Nagashas and the, the putrid blight kings and all these things that people looked at and were like, oh my goodness. And I'm not even mentioning the 40K stuff, the 30K stuff, the Forge World stuff. It's just, I, I okay, I'm totally getting way over excited here, but just seeing how far they've come when I was looking at those pictures and like I said I was pointing them out to Harrison and we were just sitting around and and chit-chatting about it the two of us and he's like you know that those I've seen those models for sales in blisters like the looking like the old models and you see the stuff they're putting together now and you know I guess the only complaint is I know some people you know it's it, you it's like it's it's hard to convert them as easily because they are so delicate and they go together a very specific way um, it's a little hard to kit bash and do them. It takes a little more work to convert them. You almost got to completely build them first and then start working on it because of the just how every piece slots and fits together. Um, <laughs> since I'm no good at that, I got no beef. So I don't know. It's just this uh, putting together this kit. It was it was this box set was brilliant. The models were brilliant, and uh, I can't say enough about them. I, actually, I have said enough about them. I'm going to stop now. I'm going to take a quick break, come back, and do a quick uh, toolbox section, and then uh, get on with our discussion of Silver Tower. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we're back with the Toolbox brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 Ooh. All right. Um, I'm going to keep a quick toolbox here today. Quick toolbox because um, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna get to the Silver Tower. Um, modeling. Dude, I've been trying to plug away at my Stormcast Eternals. Um, I built a few zombie models. 
uh, I needed a break from painting and I wanted to do something. So I pulled out a box of my zombies and started putting them on the round bases because uh, I'm not even converting the old square bases. I'm keeping them for just a different game. I've got more zombies. I've got so many zombies. So I'm just building new ones on the 25 mil rounds. And I'm just kind of pleased. It's kind of fun to put them together again and kind of think about what I want to do with them. Um, I've got so much stuff that I want to do. I'm just like, I need to finish some of these Stormcast Eternals. Although I may have to stop. Um, I'm thinking that for uh, the Silver Tower set, I may try my hand at like speed painting. Like uh, people do those army in a weekend things. And I'm thinking when I get a free weekend, I'm going to sit down and just try to plug away at just... Painted again. Curry, Ben Curry. Uh, he was at Warhammer Weekend, and they were showing him. He had uh, primed it up white, and then just using glazes and washes, painting up a couple of models, like as he called it, quick and cheaty, um, glaze, uh, wash, dry brush type stuff. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a shot. I mean, it's it's the it's the little box set game. It's nothing that uh, you know. It's not like I'm putting a full army out for uh, for paint judging or anything like that. Uh, so I may try um, so just some other techniques and try my hand at um, painting something up quick that still looks good. Um, if you guys listen, you know, like I just I, I, I can never feel like I'm finished with these things. Like I'm always going back and heck my Stormcast Eternals. I mean, they look like the cover of the book. And after going through the excuse me, the instruction video, I've got what, 24, 25 colors on this thing. Uh, you wouldn't notice it necessarily from looking at it. Um, but the, uh, hopefully the subtleties are there, but, um, I'm going to try to do these models with a few less colors and there's a few more hitting all the spots and still getting the details. Um, but just cranking it out and seeing if I can get a, like a tabletop standard from it. Um, just after cranking one out really quick. So that's going to be like my plan with that for modeling uh, and still getting these Stormcast done because I want to have a nice Stormcast army for the next time I go to a tournament. Uh, although, based on what I've got here, I'll probably have to, uh, at the very least, uh, maybe buy a Hurricaneum because, well, <laughs> that thing, I always wanted one. I always wanted a Hurricaneum, but I don't play Empire, and now it doesn't matter because it's in order. It's in the order book, and it's cool, and it works for this army really well and even if it only worked kind of well I just it's another thing it's like oh I want to paint that so bad I really want to just paint that thing and put it together and have it be another big uh, big ridiculous centerpiece in an army that's already going to have two or three but who cares who cares I'm buying and painting what I like to buy and paint and that's keeping my hobby mojo up even though after Adepticon I've had lots of grading and I've got finals in about three weeks and it's been keeping me off off of being able to paint um, too much, but it's keeping my hobby uh, enthusiasm up, knowing that I can kind of just grab anything at any time that really strikes my hobby fancy and, and go for it. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's just I'm sitting here thinking it's like wow, it's like it's kind of like GW's dream, right? I mean, we we want you just to be hobbyists. We want we want you know we 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 want to attract the hobbyists, and you you got me in in that way. I mean, you had me before, but it's like that idea of that you know buy and paint whatever you want. Don't worry so much about the other stuff. Just here's some cool models, buy them and paint them, and that's what I'm doing. I just here take my money and shut up. I guess um, that's about it. Uh, what about gaming? Let's see, gaming, gaming. Um, I'm not playing right now because uh, I'm getting ready for my tournament, and I'm super psyched. Uh, I mean, it's 
I keep talking about it, and it's a one-day league, and I know it's just a one-day thing, and it's like 12 players max. And you know, For me, though, it's my first step doing something like this in the hobby. Like I've done campaigns, but campaigns are like all loosey-goosey, right? Like we set it up, and you want to get done in two weeks, but if someone's really having trouble, you can be like, okay, guys, look, he's got a thing going on with his family. I'm gonna, can we stretch it? You know, doesn't mind if we stretch it a little bit. I mean, you can have some say, hey, it's hard and fast. you got you got to forfeit, and... You know, we even had some of that going on at times, but you could still sort of play it a little loosey-goosey. Get time to play around, you know, no restrictions to extending around, no restrictions to making last-minute changes when you're running a campaign. Uh, the second uh, um, one that we ran for, uh, um, we were playing uh, the Mighty Empires, uh, we threw in a whole other rule. Uh, Grant, uh, Chris, Grant won the first one, and then, uh, the way they were set up, Chris Hugh and Christopher managed after the first move to sort of landlock him where he couldn't grow without having to get into a fight, and it was slowing him down a lot, and it really sort of locked him in, and we realized that, wow, people could really landlock you. So we made up some rules so that way you, if you did this did happen, you wouldn't get kept out of the game. You, you didn't automatically lose, you know, and still have to play six more rounds. So And you could do that. You can't do that at a tournament. Like, I just... You know, uh, you can't make then it's it's kind of like when I direct a play. You know, you prep, you plan, you get it all ready, and then you're live, and you don't get delays, redos, nothing. If it goes south, you're standing there holding the bag, looking at people funny, and that's really scary to me. Um, I would hate to have something go completely wrong on the day of. Like I'm every night, I'm kind of going through my checklist. Okay, what do I still have to do? What's done? What needs what needs to happen? Um, and I got the last couple of days to get the last few things together and I'm very excited. Uh, and I just, I just hope it goes well, but that's, I'm done. I'm done talking about it. Done talking about it until the end of the show. When I remind you to go sign up, if you're local, please come and play, uh, play some games with us. Um, who knows? I might even be there in between rounds, painting up silver tower miniatures. Who knows? Who knows? It's easy. Whatever. Um, let's jump into other and reading. Um, dude, I found a new book series, folks. Um, it's, well, it's not new. It's new to me. Um, Dragon Vein. And um, it's 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 good. It's not. There's a few things about it that I didn't uh, love uh, that much. Um, but it's uh, Brian D. Anderson's Dragon Vein. I got it on Audible. Uh, I finished book one. Uh, what I do like about it is it, it acknowledges that Earth, there's like another dimension where Earth exists. Um and uh, some of the characters come, kind of come through from there. Um, but their whole history with elves and dwarves and, and men and, and the dragons and how all these things kind of are on this planet and how they work and what's going on, it's not what you would typically expect. Um, there's some, some cool differences. I don't want to throw in spoilers. The, um, the elves sort of remind me of they got a very Native American feel to them, I guess you would say. You know, um, and the dwarves are technological, but they sort of manipulate and use magic too. Um, not like mages, but it, with their technology, um, it's just it's kind of a cool book. I, I listened to the first one. I gave it a shot. It was it was one of Audible's like daily deals where it was like two bucks for a book, and I gave it a shot. And I liked it enough that I'm listening to book two, uh, book three. When I get another credit, I'll probably load that up too. Um, it's pretty good. 
Um, there's a couple of parts. Um, you know, they, there's some romancy stuff in there that gets a little bit sort of like. I don't know. I mean, I got kids in the car at times, and it was like when Harrison's in the car, I don't mind. But if my youngest daughter was in the car, there's a couple of parts where I was just like, it never got dirty per se, but I was just like, I got a little, I got a little hinky, you know, like, oh, you know, maybe we'll listen to something else. Um, and that's my only critique. Plus, it's just, you know, it's it's a really cool fantasy thing, and then it gets to that sort of, you know, that physical romancy stuff, and it seems a little clunky compared to the rest of it. He almost seems as uncomfortable writing it as, as as I felt having it playing in the car. So, um, but other than that, I think it's a really cool series. I think it's worth listening to. Um, Harrison and I are finally sitting down and watching season two of Daredevil. We got like three or four episodes in last night. Wow, that's good. Uh, better than I thought it would be. Uh, Punisher is awesome. Um, it's so good. It really is. Uh, we had so much fun watching it. Um, Punisher's scary. Like, I remember when the first Punisher comic came out. I'm old, and I wish I still had it. When Harrison was born, I sold a lot of my old comics and stuff. But I had the original was number one in a four-issue limited series, and then I had number two and four, and number three of four, and then number four, number four in an ongoing series. Like, by the time they came out with the fourth issue, it was popular enough where they decided they were going with it. And I just remember that picture on the cover of the very first Punisher with... Frank Castle in an alley, like falling back into a bunch of garbage cans, the two guns out, mouth open, shouting, firing the guns, bullets ricocheting behind him. Uh, I was just such a huge fan of the Punisher. And you see him in this, and it's like, oh, he's frightening. Like, he's just like, like this is the guy that I was like, oh, I thought was the, I was rooting for all the time. Like, he's just brutal. And it's, it's so good. We're having so much fun uh, watching it. Um, what else? Uh, last of the other, I think. Um. Oh, Captain America: Civil War came out. Boy, did I like that movie. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of like Batman versus Superman, but without all the without trying to cram all that stuff into two hours. Um, the, I mean, granted, it was long. It was like two and a half hours, but you already had a lot of this backstory and stories of characters and stuff like this so as the story went together it didn't seem as forced and don't get me wrong i like batman versus superman i know it's not a great movie i know batman versus superman is not a great movie uh, it had a lot of flaws but i will pretty much watch anything batman's in so i'm not a good judge of that stuff that movie was totally made um made for like the 2% of the population that are super huge Batman-type fanboys. Um, I've been a fan of Batman since I've been four. Like, seriously, like three or four years old. Like, Batman was, like, my my hero. He That was my guy. And here I am 40 years later, and they put that movie together, and every little scene, all those little things that other people are like. Like, my friends are with me going, um, what, what, what was that? What, what is that? What's going on? What does that mean? And I'm like, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. I'm watching a movie. And like they didn't get half of it, and I got it. I got it, you know, because I was just super fanboy. So I realized, not a great movie, on uh, and but I had so much fun. Harrison and I just sat back and loved it. Like can't, couldn't wait to see it again. Um, really enjoyed what they did. I know they changed it. I know they messed things up. I know it's not perfect. Um, I don't care. It's Batman versus Superman is my guilty pleasure. Um, I think Civil War kind of is too in ways. Uh, I liked it a lot. It was so much fun. It had the humor that Batman versus Superman lacked. It had the excitement. Um, there's a lot of little plot holes in Captain America 2. Uh, I mean, as well. Um, 
I don't know if it's not. They're not as many, and they're not as glaring as uh, Batman versus Superman. Um, but there's problems there too. Uh, but the the movie overall is so much fun, and the characters you already know, and they've established them all. That um, that by the time you get to it, you forgive those things, or you don't even really notice a lot of them. And I'm not going to spoil them. It's not spoilers time. Uh, I should I should. <laughs> I've been going to the movie so often lately. I should just start doing a little side, little side cast, just me and my wife reviewing the movies because we have a lot of fun talking about them afterwards. Um, it would be so much fun to just sit back and review them because, man, we disagree a lot on movies. It would be a fun little thing to do, but that's just whatever. Um, but yeah, I saw Civil War. I've seen it like three times, and uh, it's just, I just, yeah, like I said, after the third viewing, I see the flaws with it. But, boy, if you're going to have some fun, I mean, that scene, that airport fight scene, that's worth your cost of admission right there, boys and girls. That's That was a heck of a thing. Um, it was way better than the sort of end fight scene because that that where, that's where I start to go, wait, what? How? What? What? Wait, what? Um, but I don't want to spoil it for you. So maybe in the next episode or something. But not now. So, all right. So I think that's that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything for my other as well. Um, I guess we'll get into uh, Silver Tower in just a bit. Um, and I know we just had a commercial break like 15 minutes ago, but let me just get them out of the way. And that way I can pause the tape here and get Harrison down here and we can all the tape like I got a reel to reel machine down here and here we are just uh plugging away at the uh you know with the big flash <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. America and all the boats at sea listen what's up it's uh uh whatever so good luck and good night I'll be back in just uh just a moment Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. Throughout the mortal realms, the legends of the Silver Tower are told. In each tale, a disparate band of champions, both good and evil, find themselves fighting through the ever-shifting domain of one of the nine gaunt summoners of Zinch. Some of these champions work together. Others fight only for themselves. 
Some seek a boon from the gloating master of the tower, while others wish only to learn his true name, and in so doing gain the power to strike him down. No matter their agendas, in the legends the champions battle side by side as they navigate the sanity-blasting horrors of the Silver Tower. Foul monsters must be slain, mind-bending riddles must be solved, and puzzles completed, with the threat of death always looming for those who fail. In these stories, the greatest champions grow in strength and renown as they overcome each new challenge, finally bringing the gaunt summoner himself to battle and winning riches, power, and freedom. But of course, for every tale with such a stirring conclusion, another ends only in madness and despair. All right, so obviously we're back. Uh, Harrison's here. Harrison, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me, I guess. <laughs> you guess. Well, I mean, like, I live here, so <laughs> I don't know. What do I do? What do I say? That's fine. That's fine. Just say hello to the audience, I suppose. Hello to the audience. There we go. All right. So um, Games Workshop sent me a copy of Silver Tower, um, and I can thank the listeners for that. It's there constantly telling people at Games Workshop, hey, Game Garage Hammer, they got your back. Let them, let them know. Uh, and uh, yeah, and thanks for sending us free stuff because this is a lot of fun. And thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we got this, and uh, I, I I got it, and I as soon as it came home, I all right, look what looks what I'm doing tonight, and uh, we built uh, all the pieces, and then so yesterday we had a game. Yes, we did, and uh, I like this game. I I mean, I think people listening already kind of got that hint before you came on, but um now. This is not necessarily the same as the old Warhammer Quest. I know you've never played it, Harrison. It's way past your time. <laughs> it's older than me. It's actually, um, it's not that different from this game. There's just a lot more pieces. Um, so are you saying that this is more streamlined or something? Yeah, definitely. Okay, um, great. I like streamlined. <laughs> uh, and we'll get to more of that later. First of all, um, we got this, and I was showing you the... Just the sprues. Oh, there's so much stuff. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. Um, one of the cool things, and if you haven't seen it, Hammer has an unboxing video for those of you who haven't seen it, but uh, all the characters come on those little single sprues that look like they came in a blister pack, like if you wanted just to buy a character model. Um, now, four of those were connected by some little you know, piping on the sprue, so there were four of them connected. But So it was like single blisters just... That they happen to stick into one box. Yeah. Um, so there were four sing of the single uh, champions all connected by just the, some, like they're, se they're separate sprues connected by some piping. Um, these models are awesome. Oh, they're so gorgeous. Yeah. So you've got these characters uh, that you can play. And uh, so we start building them. You've got the Night Quester from the Stormcasts, which is uh, it's a simple five-piece model, just blip, blip, blip. Like every, if you've built Stormcast, this one's pretty simple. It also seems like that's the only real new, per se, model in this entire box, from what I've heard at least. No, these are all new, dude. Well, I mean like new as in like they weren't in Warhammer Quest before. Oh, right. Well, then the Griffhound wasn't. But, I mean, you had like a dwarf. Now you've got the, the Doomseeker. Uh, Doom Seekers, you know, they're my favorite. 
Oh, and there's so much fun. It's a Fire Slayer Doom Seeker. Dude, this, okay, this one had 11 pieces to it. Like, and Harrison was freaking out when I was putting it together. I'm like, look at this. So you got the body, and you've got four parts to sort of get the body together. The There's the torso, and then you got to add on uh, one of the legs and one of the arms, and then there's like, it's got that, uh, that dwarf thing in the front that almost looks like a gut plate from the from the ogres. I think it's, it's just like a giant belt buckle. Yeah, but it's it, but it's it's large. Uh, it's got that little dwarf face hammer in it. Then you put the head on. Now the head has the helmet. It's actually the head with the helmet and the crest. The face and most of the beard is a separate piece that attaches. So you like you can get more levels of depth and stuff in the model, right? And then there's actually another piece of beard that goes on. So you got layers and levels of even the beard, and then the arms and pieces. I mean, these are really quite. Uh, they are models. not push fit models. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, the war priest with griff hound looks really cool. Um, you, got a, you, have, you have a black model, African, you got a, yeah, African American. I was going to say, but these are made in England, so they would just call them black model. But um, yeah, I was like, okay. for politically correct. Well, and they, uh, you know, they uh, they're throwing in some variety in the models, which I think is nice. The Dark Oath Chieftain, I mean, he looks like a bad guy. I mean, and he reads he's chaos. He looks like a one of the from the. Well, you heard the introduction. Both good and evil come to the tower. Right, and I was reading more of it, and it's like the the. You know, the gaunt summoners just they they summon people that they think would be fun to run through their games. Uh, they might grab them, actually, as they're moving between realm gates, which is where I'm thinking... That it kind of reminds me of Zedillion in Oblivion in the Shivering Isles DLC, where you just kind of, like, grab different adventures to venture through this maze, and either they make it through it and you get riches, or they go crazy. That's just... It seems like that's what it's... Yeah. Was, ...was, like, based off of, but probably not. I'm just drawing conclusions. Uh well I mean but it's just I mean it's 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 a dungeon crawler it's that's that type of a plot it's you're like gonna get descent, through it descent but yeah. not nearly as intense right <laughs> uh let's see the mist weaver which is like the wood elf character this I that, mean that's what I played and oh she's a lot of fun yeah and just I mean the, once again the model just put the pieces putting together. Uh, this is one of those things where you might want to almost paint it in separate parts if you were really going for hardcore painting every last detail because, you know, you get half of that cloak or the half of the, the, the skirt, you know, clacks on and, and covers up. And if you, before you put it on, you could get at the legs completely and everything underneath it. Well, you could just stick them all together for the sake of playing the game. And this was also on one of those individual blister pack things. So I'm assuming that they'll release it later for you to spend a year painting. Well, if you want to, like I said, I'm going to probably try to speed paint through a lot of this, just get the stuff done because I don't want to take too much time away from the Stormcast Eternals project, but I don't want to leave this unpainted. It's too nice of a set. It's so nice. It's like you're not buying Island of Blood or whatever here. Island you're of buying Blood's a nice set too, though. I mean, it, the models are the good. one or two piece models that just kind of stick no, in the base. Yeah. This is yeah. not for the faint of heart. Uh, the Tenebrail Shard, which looks like something between a a witch elf and a warlock model. Or a war dancer, maybe, but it's I obviously... I was considering a, playing that, too. They look like fun, too. Oh, they're just such beautiful models. Then you've got the Gaunt Summoner, uh, who's your bad guy, and Ogroid Thaumaturge, which basically, I don't know, that looks... It looks like an ogre wizard. No, it's got... It looks like a minotaur. It's got the animal head and the hooves and the stuff like that. Um, 
And then for the bad guy stuff outside of that Ogroid thing, you've got a pair of uh, Death Runners for the Skaven. Another really just beautiful. Oh, they're like nicer than the regular Skaven models. Yeah, they look really good. I mean, they're identical, the two of them. Because basically you get two sprues with all the bad guy stuff on it, and there's it's an entire set, and, and then it's the second one you just double down on. Uh, the Zangors with the Zinch Gore models, there's, uh, what, eight of them? Oh, I'm. those are, like, intriguing but kind of weird-looking. Yeah, I mean, but they're obviously gore, but they're big, <laughs> you know? Well, they're huge. Yeah. Uh, the Grot Scutlings, you didn't... Th- those bothered you, I think. Wait, which ones were those? They were the goblins that have been turned into, sp- like, half-goblin, half-spiders. Oh, those are weird! No, that's just raw. It's like goblin They have goblin four arms centaurs. and four legs. They have four arms and four legs. They're goblins with four arms and four legs. So they're, they're running like around centaurs, like centaurs, but instead of humans and horses, they're goblins and spiders. Well, I wouldn't say that because it's not a spider half. They still got goblin legs and goblin arms. They're just suddenly there's eight of them and they're walking around all humped over. It's like ugh, it's and then, wrong. There's it's intrinsically wrong. Then you got the pink st- pink horrors, the blue horrors, the brimstone horrors, and then these Kyric acolytes, which are the acolytes for uh, Cairo's fate weaver. I'm assuming. There's like uh, what uh, eight of them, uh, just everything on here. And then the little cast familiars are so cute. You got Moonface guy, and Fish guy, and Weird Lizard guy, and then two books with feet. <laughs> that that's a very accurate description too. So you get all these models, you put them all together, and you're gonna start down. We sit down to play now. Um, one of the first things that we noticed as we played it out is, uh, I think that. This plays just like the game for the iPad. Oh yeah, I would just I remember we were sitting in the IKEA and I was playing that on my phone one day and this was like, whoa, war flashbacks. Yeah, they 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 really took that game and 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 set it up as the board game way. So right off the bat uh, Except I, with a Stormcast. Yeah, well it's got a Stormcast in it, yeah. Um Different sets of characters, but the same the same play style. Yeah, it it feels the same way. Right. Uh, I know people were sending messages and asking, "Oh, how does it play? You know, does it play like the old Warhammer Quest? How do you level up and stuff?" And we're going to get to some of that. You can do all that. It just it's it's been More streamlined. streamlined. Yeah, you, there's not all this extra nonsense that you have to go to. You don't need all this extra stuff. You're not playing D anD D with Warhammer. You're playing a different game. Yeah. Um, but if you liked the app game, I think you'll like this. That's basically yeah, what I, I mean, came down to. If you like that, you're going to like this. It's a lot like that. Um, you know, you don't have involved character sheets and stuff like that. You've got stat cards and you just play. And if as you gain powers, if you stop playing, they say, you know, keep track of it somewhere. They don't give you a pad of paper. It's like, I, I we were talking about this. I was like, oh, the humanity. They didn't give me a character sheet. Oh, I'll have to like go and buy a notebook or something. Yeah, <laughs> just. So if you're not cool buying a notebook, then don't play this game. But if you're, cool if you're going to play it as a notebook, one-off, you don't even need the notebook. It's just if you plan on continuing through adventures and keeping track of what skills like and things. Writing they learn. on the back of a, you know, a letter. Yeah, <laughs> anything. So okay, so we open up. We built everything. We got two books. We got a guidebook and an adventure book. Right, and the adventure book don't read until instructed. So we open up the guidebook; it tells you all about the Silver Tower, and um, so basically, this is uh, two to four players, mm-hmm. and it starts off with, uh, and it says, 
In fact, uh, dude, one of the dudes who wrote the game, and I didn't show you this, Harrison. I, I'm blanking on his name right now. But uh, he was on Twitter, and he was like, you know, saying, I hope you like the game and stuff. And he was giving little tips and stuff like that. Um, he says, don't play it. Just don't double down in the models. Like, if you're only playing two players, don't each take two. You should really just take the one and play that way. That's You don't. don't. Uh, yeah, I didn't hear that, and uh, that just sounds like common sense to me. Well, I mean, but you might want more models, that, you know, to play, it, you know, because more yeah. more heroes in the dungeon but we played with two and we were doing okay yeah uh, our two was a lot of fun we were just plowing through stuff it was a great time now you start off you have a uh someone gets the rune of zinch and that's like denotes like you're the you're the main you're the, like the lead player yeah uh and that will switch from turn round to from round to round um everybody grabs a character they get four dice that match with the color of their renown marker, and you get this fate board, which is basically a wheel, and everyone starts in the at the top of the wheel. And as you kill things and do other things according to your character sheet, you can gain renown. And as you go all the way around the wheel, get back to the start, you gain a skill. It's like when you kill something that apparently isn't a brimstone horror because they're the easiest thing on the planet to kill, you get a renown point. And on each character card... There's actually a rule that like tells you another way to get renown. Like not on my, every character card, but there oh, are, really? I don't I think thought, it's on every card. I but. thought it said on every. But like my mist weaver was if you if one of your attacks rolls a six for the attack roll, you got a renown point just because. Yeah, um, yeah. There's different things you can do to gain uh, renown. Um, I think with the uh, I think with the fire slayer, I think it was if you killed someone with. Um, that that had like more than three uh, hit points or whatever stamina or whatever it's called, um, oh, vigor, vigor. That's how many wounds they have. If you kill someone with more than three, then you get an extra. Oh, thing. so you get it's if you kill something bigger than you. Yeah, basically, yeah, kill something bigger than you, you get some extra bonuses. Um, actually, no, you get the fire slayer rune if you do that. There's there's different things that go on with different people. But so you got this fate board with this wheel. Everyone's got their little token on it, so as you kill stuff, you keep track of that. It's also got a place for your uh, skill cards and treasure cards. And then there's five dice that go on there. And whoever starts the turn, like whoever starts with that rune, first player rolls the dice, and there's five dice that go on the fate board. And um, it's interesting because if you roll any doubles or triples or quadruples or five of a kind... Those dice get put aside. So any single number that shows up gets put on the fate board. You put that number up there that you rolled. And any player can use those, um, which I thought was kind of cool. So if you ran out of dice, but you really needed an extra, you needed to get something done, you could take dice from the fate board. And you which can- is very convenient when you're playing and you're like, hey, we could just have this whole room cleared, but I'll just take a fate die and shoot at that thing. Right. Um, the numbers that you roll... When you initially roll it, those are the numbers that they are. So you could actually just kind of look at it and say, well, this skill needs a 5+. plus. Are there any? So you have to pick one that was a 5+, plus off that thing. Anytime you pick a die off the fate board, though, the largest uh, whatever dies are uh, of all the dice that are left on the fate board, the highest numbered one has to go into this little holding cell, basically. Basically keeps you from using them all like and not and letting totally them get to it. totally screwing everybody over. Right. So every time I use one, I got to put one aside. So then when it's the next player's turn, they all move back to the regular part of the fate board. It just basically, if there's more than one there, 
you can't take them all uh, as you go around. So you can't be that guy. Exactly. Well, because part of it is, as it says, as you're playing together, but you're not really playing together. Like some... It's a convenience alliance. Yeah. I mean, you're, it's a cooperative game, but there's going to be a single winner. Uh, and there's lots of different ways that you can really sort of mess with your uh, uh, other players when you're playing this, which is one of the things I like. We played very nice and, and worked together because we didn't care who won. We just and we were just trying to like learn the rules and stuff. Right. <laughs> but uh, you could really mess with your neighbor with this game if you're one of those types of players. So now you get your whole board set up and you've got your your starting place on the board, your starting tile, everybody puts their models on, you know who's the, the starting dude, and then your uh, guidebook says, okay, go go to the adventure book and, and read the first paragraph, or the first part. Uh, it's uh, starting a trial. And this second book, this adventure book is cool. Here's what we're looking at. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure book. It's really kind of cool. Yeah, you kind of go through it, and the, there's just all these passages, and they're marked one through, I don't know what, 100 almost or something like that, one through, one through 90. And it literally says, if this is the first time you're playing this, start on page 98, passage 98. Otherwise, if your party has exactly four fragments of the amulet, go to page 84. Basically... In this game, each adventure, you need to get parts. There's eight parts of the uh, this Zinchian amulet that the Gaunt Summoner owns. And as you get parts of it, that's what's going to allow you to finally like, summon him and kill him and win the game. Yeah. So this is like the rewards that you're trying to get at the end of every adventure. And it just basically tells you how to set up. Grab these tiles. Grab these cards. Um, set it up. So... You're all ready. You got everything set. You got your pile of cards that it told you to pile up. Um, it actually tells you to pile some of them in certain ways. Uh, you know, pull out these four cards and then randomly take these more, these other cards, um, shuffle those, put them down, then take these, shuffle them, put them on top, and then put that on top. So that way, you know, you're hitting. It's very convoluted at first. I was lost. It's just basically setting it up so you don't hit the last dungeon in the first tile. Like. Woo, that's good. Kind of try to build your way through, you know. It gets progressively more difficult as it goes. Yeah. Some of it gets more difficult. Some of it you just, you know, need a little space and time to get through the different parts of the story. Um, It basically says if you've played the first adventure, then you can pick the different realms that you want to be in. It's got a, got a a different adventure for every realm. And sometimes when you pull the cards, on the cards it says, okay, put this tile down, then read this passage. So you're constantly doing this like little pick-your-own-adventure, like you said, type thing going on with this book. In fact, um, one of the tips from the guy who helped design it is don't just read this all the way through because there's... Because it won't make any sense. It's like if you pick up a a pick-your-own-adventure book and you just start reading it top to bottom, it won't make sense. Well, not only that, but it'll kind of ruin it for you when you do get to that part when you read it, when you do it the right way. So um, that's the basic setup. Now, we get this setup. Uh, you basically take your pile of cards and you put them right at the end of that, the, 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 you know, the, the doorway into your adventure. And you flip that card. You find the tile that matches it. You place it down. And um, then wherever the next exit is, you place all your cards at that exit. Now, if the if the big tile has more than one exit 
then they tell you how to split up the remaining cards so that you can choose yeah, your exit. We didn't get to that, but it was weird. It's simple. I mean, it's not difficult. It's just a way to split up and move your cards around. And basically, as you do this... All the stuff the computer would do for me when I played it on the, on my phone. Exactly. And the, But as you're placing out, and the tiles will start to place out, and the, and the dungeon will unfold. One of the things I liked was, whoever's turn it is, whoever's the one who's laying out the tile, you get to pick how you want to lay the tile. Uh, there's, there's, there's basically two or more doors in each chamber, you know, your entrance slash exits. Um, you get to pick which one is the one that's connected to where you're coming in. So you get to kind of pick how the how it builds up a little bit and how it progresses. Um, it gives you more like, it's more of sandbox feeling. Yeah, it does have a bit more of a sandbox feeling to it. And later on, as you find out, uh, because these things start to pile up and all these tiles come out, um, they actually have a mechanic built in, which I liked, which is... Wherever the majority of the players are, that uh, chamber is the main chamber. Every chamber connected to that main chamber is fine. Every chamber connected to those chambers is fine. Everything else goes away. Yeah, like the dungeon is collapsing around you or something. It's collapsing and reforming. It's that Zinchian thing. Everything's kind of changing and shifting. So if you got a guy who goes off on his own direction, who doesn't want to, isn't playing nice with the party, they're all going one way. He decides to go another way. If he gets far enough away, you could all just run and have it close on him, which will basically, uh, he'll basically sort of respawn in the game near you guys, but with a whole bunch of wounds because he just got crunched. Yeah, you could totally screw people over like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it happening too much, only because why would you be going way, why would you be way separated from someone? Uh, you'd kind of have to maybe try to work to do it, but whatever. So um, I think that's the basic setup. I hope that wasn't too confusing. Uh, it's kind of hard. It made to- sense to me, but I was there, so I, don't, I wouldn't know. <laughs> so... Um, then whoever's turn it is, now this is where, okay, if it's your turn, you basically are going to play out your whole turn, and each character has a character sheet with special abilities and everything they can do, and you take your four dice, and you roll your four dice, and you lay them out on your card, um, and those are your rolls, okay? So then when you look at your a card, you have certain abilities that need a certain number, so if you just rolled all four dice and you didn't hit any of your numbers, you're out of luck. Um, now you get to run around a lot. Well, movement is a is a one plus, uh, so basically you could always move. And there's a couple other things that you could do that are pretty low. Uh, like my Mist Weaver's melee attack that was a one plus kind of deal. Yeah, a lot. I, most of us have like a one. Most of your guys have a one plus attack that's not very powerful, but it hits pretty much on almost anything. Um, you can explore, which is where you get up to that door to the next place and there's nothing there. You could spend one of your actions. It's a one plus. It just, you flip the card and see what the next, you add on the next tile. Uh, you can recuperate, which is like you can rest and get wounds back. Um, but that, that gets progressively more difficult as the more times you do it. Yeah. So the first one you do, it's a one plus, but then the second one's a two plus and then a three plus. So you could totally mess it up. Um, if we were asking how do you get wounded, what's interesting is you've got those four dice that you roll. Every time you take a wound, you put a wound token over one of those spots for the dice. So then on your next turn, when you go to roll, if you have wounds, 
if I've got two wounds, I'm only getting two, then I only get two dice. So the more wounds you have, the less actions you're going to get because you're wounded. So you want to take time to try to heal those to get all your actions back. Uh, if you ever get all four wounds and then something else happens, then you get like you get taken off the board after that. But you just basically come back. On yeah, the you next can turn. come back to life later yeah, when you, they explore when the chamber becomes empty. Yeah, and you can come back like on the next round. You'll still have your wounds, but you'll only have four. You'll be able to get back. It's so the only way to actually like lose lose at this game is if the whole party gets killed in one turn. Yeah, the whole party has to die. Uh, but. You know, if you get four wounds and then you get killed or pseudo killed and then you get put back on the table, you're still, I mean, one more wound will knock you back out again. Whereas, and the rest of your, and you have no, if you have four wounds, you get no dice. You can only use the fate dice then. So if your opponents are using the fate dice and they're like, forget you, you're the one that got all wounded, you could totally get stuck. So it's possible to, to really get messed up and lose, um, and just and and lose as a as a whole group. Um, there are some cool, interesting things uh, that do go on. Uh, the person who is uh, the person who has like the Zinch card, or if you're if you're supposed to place things, uh, you're rolling on the how you how you determine what's in the dungeon. I'm sorry, we skipped that. When you look into a room. A lot of times you flip over a card and it'll tell you exactly what to place in it, or it'll say to roll on the encounter, uh, the random encounter table. And there's four, there's four different tables, and you roll uh, uh, either a d6 or two d6, whatever it tells you, and then it tells you what to put in there. Uh, sometimes it's an unexpected event, in which case you roll two d6, and one is the tens dice, and one is the singles dice, and you go to that passage in the book. So like, it's just random stuff can completely happen. It's not just, oh, I roll on this encounter table and I'm always getting a couple of monsters or a couple of this. You could have completely wonky things happen to you. Yeah, it Zinch really comes through in this. Yeah. So I mean, we've played and we had that actually, we've had weird things like that happen. Um, in fact, uh, one of the things I think we skipped was when you roll those dice for the fate dice. Um we actually rolled it where I rolled a I rolled a pair of ones and then uh, what was it three, three fours. fours so that one all five dice if if you roll any duplicates you can't put any of them on the fate wheel so you look on the the little consequences chart there and that's actually can wind up good for you if you roll in all five dice don't get placed you get a bonus and then you get to re- redo the dice. Um, but then you have to go through and also look at all the things that don't wind up getting placed. Uh, ones and sixes have something specific happen. Uh, if you have two or more twos, something happened, threes, fours, and fives. Everything's got uh, random things. Um, those little, those Zinch's little familiars, double twos, threes, fours, and fives, each summon one of the different familiars into the room, and they just monkey with you. Yeah, it's not very nice. Uh, you can capture them and then use them later to get bonuses. But if you try to capture them and don't, then they hurt you. So uh, basically, I mean, every time you roll the dice, something wonky can happen to summon more mess into your dungeon. So um, at first, Harrison and I were like, oh, it's a little confusing. Once we got ready and, and, and once we had done a couple of, of, of rounds, it's actually really simple, isn't it? Yeah, it makes a lot more sense with practice. Yeah. Um, but... 
the one thing we agreed on is you could play this a couple of times, and with the cards getting shuffled so the tiles come in different order, and picking the different realms so you're getting different uh, little adventure stuff. Right now, I think there's eight or nine different adventures we can play. And I mean that one roll. I mean, suddenly we had uh, we each took we took a couple of wounds. We had weird stuff going on here and there in the other place. Um, there's all sorts of random stuff that can happen just from the roll of the dice. Five minutes, Kira. Go upstairs. I'll be up in five minutes. So this is we haven't even gotten into the gaming yet. This is just putting the pieces down and and how the tiles lay out, and we're doing all this trying to figure out what we're going to do to get the pieces out on the uh, on the board. Um, the first time we rolled, you, you got some pink horrors. The actual playing of the game is much more simple than it sounds right now. It The first time you lay everything out, it seems a little complicated, and it's kind of hard to, to explain. I mean, I don't know. Let me, let me give it a really quick summary. You start off on the one tile, you roll a die, or you use a die, uh, <laughs> because it's a one plus, so you spend, whoever's first spends an action explores the next dungeon, whatever it says on the card, you do. It's that simple. And then you move the cards to the exit of that chamber. Um, sometimes it's very specific what to do. Sometimes it's very random roll dice. And then bad guys show up, and then you get to have some fun. Um, you know what we should do? We should take a quick break um, because uh, I need to go comb your sister's hair after she that <laughs> out of the bath and you need to bring uh, your mom some hot tea because she has a cold Okay. and then we'll come back after this and we'll talk about the actual heroes and moving through the dungeon and killing things and how you heal up and how you actually win some uh, win some points alright cool alright we'll be back folks it's dave are you looking for that special model to add to your army a monstrous creature or maybe a character model something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table well then you should check out mirce miniatures at mirceminiatures.com their darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see and with the success of their recent kickstarter those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mirce Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mirce-Miniatures.com and seriously guys, you'll be glad you did. We're back. Okay. So, after that bit of excitement. So, we've got our board set up, and there's all sorts of cool things that can go on. We each pick our characters. You've got six to pick from. If you pick the character with the Griff Hound, you get a Griff Hound card as well. 
Yeah, basically. Not all that awesome, but it's nice to have something. It gets a turn. It gets to do stuff. That's all that matters. So, you go in and you start playing. You start moving around. Um, everybody does their full turn. You get your attacks. You could use your fate dice to help out. Um, what's interesting is whoever has the fate token, which is that token that makes you like the lead. You know, you go first. The Zinch token. Yeah, the Zinch. Uh, what is it? Yeah, the the rune, the Zinch rune. Um, when you flip open the cards and stuff, the characters. Um, when when you're supposed to do something, most of the time it's it's that person. Uh, especially in the beginning, because the first person going first is the guy who's going to un, un, unveil the first, yeah, the first room. It is rotating, so it's like you have a rotating dungeon dungeon master of sorts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what's interesting is when stuff has to be put out for the enemy, then the person who gets... Um, to do that, um, places it out. You're supposed to always place stuff as close to the center as possible, so you can't just put them around the edges or off in a corner away from you. You always put them close to the center as possible. Um, when the enemies get their turn, um, first of all, you have to have enemies. Okay, um, We went into that one room, and the enemies were laid out, and between you and I, we ran in and wiped them out. Yep, it was quite an experience. There was only four of them. I ran up with the dwarf, and I killed the one. And then then, I shot the other ones to death. Yeah, with the bow. The two guys only each had one wound. You're like, boom, hit him, dead. Boom, hit him, dead. The last guy, uh, D3 wounds, he had three. You rolled a five. Yep. Boom, dead. So if there's no enemies... You can do what's called uh, the take uh, take a respite. You can have a respite phase. Um, and basically, you can set up your players anywhere you want in the chamber. And then what you do is you roll a dice, and you add the number of skill cards that all the heroes have plus the dice total. If it's more than nine, then there's an ambush, and that's where you roll and put more guys out. Yeah. Basically, if you're really, yeah. if you're really skilled... There's a chance that you wipe these guys out and that they know you're there and more guys are coming because you're too good. Uh, if you're lucky, you know we were there. We had, <laughs> we had no skills because we had gotten like four renown or five renown between us. Um, you need I think eight, uh, either eight or ten to get a skill. Yeah, I think it's one full revolution on the renown table. You get a skill. Yeah, uh, and how many? There's a. Uh, yeah, so it's you start at zero, and there's you, you know, when you hit the ninth renown, you'll get a skill. So, rolling a d6, we had no cards. There was no way we'd get nine or more. So we get the respite, which basically says we can either heal d3 wounds or search the room. Um, so we didn't have any wounds. So on a four more, you find a piece of treasure. So ooh, we find treasure. Ooh, and you get your treasure, and we're going around. Um, it's it's really quite simple but it's cool because you can search for treasure you get the skills um then as you're laying down the tiles oh oh, i'm sorry um you know this is all you have to do now 
if we hadn't killed all the adversaries, they would get their turn. Here's where whoever has that rune and is in charge comes into play. Uh, you roll for every one of the same type of character. So if there's if there's horrors, you roll for all the horrors together. If there's those uh, Zinchgard guys, the um, the Kyric Acolytes, you roll for all the Kyric Acolytes together. You roll for all the Grot Scutlings together. You just roll on the table and see what they do, and the whole group does the same thing. And they have certain rules. They have to move towards the nearest character. They have to try to attack, blabble, blabble. Um, the thing is, do they have to move to the nearest character? Moving adversaries. Um, yes. Okay, so you move them. The rune-marked character is the guy who moves them and the guy who decides who they attack. So if they go adjacent to two characters, he decides who they're attacking. He decides where they move. Yeah, that's where you can really screw over your friends. Yeah, you can really mess up your neighbor. Now, once again, we haven't played it enough to the point where we felt comfortable messing with each other. We just wanted Yeah, they all attacked you because I had a six-up save, you had a four-up. Yeah, so the guys who did survive, it's like, oh, they'll have them attack me because I've got a better save. Um, They, uh, now, we have a a chance to... uh, uh, save. They don't. That's one of the other things. Yeah. The, yeah. So basically, that's how it goes. We just keep taking turns and moving through the dungeon. Um, it's really a simple set of rules. Uh, all the rules are on the cards for who, how to attack. Um, you rolled your dice at the beginning of your turn. You laid out all your. You rolled four sixes. Okay, that was like the best thing ever because I could do anything I wanted. Right, because. Your best move on your card is always going to be the hardest thing to do, a 6+. plus. Um, I have two weapon attacks with my dwarf. One worked on, I think, a 1+. plus. The other was a 5+. plus. So when I rolled those dice, if I didn't have any 5s, I knew I couldn't use that. I had a melee attack that's 1+, plus, a ranged attack that's 3+, plus, and an AoE attack that stuns people on a 6+. plus. Yeah, an area effect one. And boom, you know, so it's like you could do anything you want at that point when you get the extra dice. Um, which winds up working really well. There's little portal cards uh, that are just uh, sometimes when you see the tile, you lay them there, and it says you can kind of go through them to any other portal card, so you can kind of really move around the board with those. We yeah. didn't use them because we just kind of started. Um, but basically, as you get into later rounds, um. That's where if you roll, when you start the game, when you roll for the fate cards, if you or the fate dice, if you roll doubles and stuff, you ignore that. But afterwards, it could it could be bad for you. Um, basically, the only other rules is if you're pinned, if you're next to another character or another, if you're next to an enemy model, and you want to move, then you roll a dice. If it's lower than your agility, you can't move and you lose your your dice. But you can still take... That's where being a wood elf comes in super handy with a 2-plus agility. Oh, does it? 2-plus agility? 2-plus. Oh, see? So, yeah, you can basically dodge away from these guys and move but right away. But my 6-up save totally makes up for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fact that you have almost no save. But you don't have to stay next to them either. Um, and like I said, there can be ambushes and other things. I'm looking for what other rules. Um, when you get a skill, you take the two top cards off the skill deck, pick... Choose one of them. So it's, if you pick something that's totally useless, hopefully you won't pick two totally useless cards for you. Um, 
the if there's multiple exits, you take your deck your of of chambers and you split them up between the two exits, sort of randomly. Um, and that's when the vanishing chambers come in. Uh, if things get far away, you pull them back in. Um, other than that, that's pretty much how you go through. Um, I'm trying to think of where the other rules were. Um, what you're really trying to do is gather these peaches, pieces of this Zinch um, amulet. That's that's the trick. Get the pieces of the Zinch amulet. Uh, because those that's that's the successful mission and then move on to the next mission. Uh, what else is in here? What else did we have? Um, let's see. If you have fragments of the amulet, you can actually use them. Uh, if you're stunned, then um, then uh, you basically you don't get to move on your next phase. You just remove those tokens. Uh, sometimes you draw cards and they give you a companion, and you can you lay that card down. What's funny is your companion. You get to move, use the companion card. Uh, the companion goes to, I believe, the person who has the fate token. Uh, during the quest, there may come someone, uh, unused hero, joins the party as a companion. The rune marked player takes the hero card. So you roll the, they go last. You roll all the dice for them. You take the highest one. You put that one in the card, and the rest are all ones. Yeah, it's because yeah. they're 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 just. They're not the main characters. They're just sort of popped in little helper characters. So they get one decent die. You pick your best die. Everything else is just ones. They're not. They're not. They're, yeah, they're not great, but they are kind of helpful. They're not showing up to save the day, but they have extra turns. They can't use fate dice. They can't use any of that extra stuff. They're just an extra guy there who can throw a maybe throw a punch, maybe throw a, something into the works to mess things up. And as soon as you take a respite or finish the level, they just go away. Um, let's see. Boop, doop, doop, doop. If you're if you have heroes adjacent to you, you can pra- pass treasure cards on to them before making action rolls. Um, and you can pass them to any other player during respite. So if you have too many treasures or someone needs stuff, you can share them. And it's really simple stuff. Hey, guess what? There's only so many models in the box. If it says put out four and you've only got two left, you just put out two. That's basically all there is to it. Um. You just you can only put out what's there. Uh, if all the heroes are grievously wounded at the same time, or if you reveal the last exploration card without finding the grand chamber, the trials failed. The heroes will be revived, ready to attempt the trial again, or try a different one. So they're just done. Yeah. So if you get to the end without winning, then you lose. If you all die at the same time, you lose. Yeah. That's it. And I mean, it's pretty simple. Isn't it? Um, yeah, it's amazingly simple. But there's so many different variations that it keeps like we're ready to play again, and it it's didn't essentially feel like... an endless game. Yeah, because everything can keep changing. Right. Um, what else is in this book? Oh, people were asking. I I posted that Harrison that we were playing, and if anyone had questions, they should ask. And someone's like, you know, is there room for expansions? Okay, the book. The, I'm looking at the guidebook. If it says go into the adventure book, go past all those codes and all the little uh, all the little passages. Um, if you have a Zinch sorcerer lord, a slaughter priest, an Auric rune master, or a knight venator, they're like, yeah, those aren't in the box because you can just buy those at the store. But if you have them, um, here's their rule rule cards. Just make cop make photocopies of this. Make yourself a rule card for them. Oh, you could use them too, and they've all got their own special abilities. 
Uh, and you're like, oh, okay. They have <laughs> so there's four more guys. So now we went from six to ten characters you can have. Oh, and then they have exotic adversaries: uh, flamers of Zeech, screamers of Zeech, exalted flamers of Zeech, and the herald of Zeech. If you've got those models, here's some rules for them. Feel free to use them. Yeah, they're already making add-ons, and the game came out like two seconds ago. Yeah, I mean, it's in the main rule book. Hey, we didn't include this in the box because we make these models separate. So here's their rules. Go get them if you, you know, smoke if you got them. They're right here. Um, and then basically it's there's the last bit of uh, rules here before they get to the fluff for all the characters, which is which is nice, uh, the different in- bits of information for the characters. I'm not going to go through all of that now because basically, well, we got to get this done because Harrison's got finals tomorrow. All right, and so what else have they got here? Uh, last bit, the ongoing quest. Um, the hero's progress through the tower is measured by the amulet fragments they've collected. If you want to play through the game with multiple groups, you just need to keep track of which fragments each group has acquired. So you could literally say, I'm running in with this group and then run in with a different group of other models. Like if the two of us were playing, we could run with two and then we can run with two others um, and say they're all in the same thing, just in different parts, different journeys. Yep. All playing. Just keep track of who has what. Players can change during the course of a quest. If a player whose hero has a fragment is not present, give their fragment to another player for the duration of that trial or until the original owner returns. So if you're playing with multiple players and you've been playing an ongoing quest and somebody doesn't show up, give someone else his fragment until he shows back up. Um, The party could change from trial to trial as hero joined forces or whatever. You don't need to use the same hero throughout your quest, but it's important to keep track of what skills and treasures each of the heroes has picked up. Uh, if another player controls them, they still have those cards. Your hero is tied to the quest. If you start a new quest, you can't bring the skills and treasures along with you. So if you just start a new thing, you don't be like, well, <laughs> I won this game before. I had all these skills. I'm starting with them. No, it's Yeah, yeah, that's not okay, guys. And then you can go with the Warhammer Quest My Hero Companion app. That'll give you more heroes, more treasures, more skills, track your progress. Um, All of that with the Warhammer Quest My Hero app. That's all just listed here in the book. I'm just kind of going through it now. Uh, Back of the book gives the stats and rules for all the the monsters you use. Uh, Their cards are not the same um, because they don't have attacks. They just have... Now, oh, when, they, when the enemy attacks you, you have to have rolled the dice to pass the skill level to do that attack, and then you roll to see if you actually hit and do the damage. They just have X amount of dice for the attack, and they have a hit number. And say they have three dice for an attack, you roll each one that exceeds that uh, number to hit, that's a hit, and so you got to save against it. So their attacks are really simple, too. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else is here. Where... Is there anything that I missed? It's just, it's actually really simple. I mean, everything's in these two little books. I mean, you just pick up the book and start reading. You start reading the book that says, read this first. And you don't read the one that says, don't read until instructed. I mean, it's not four pages of rules simple, but it's pretty simple. And it's pretty easy to just pick up and play. Yeah, and uh, so here's what I wanted to talk about. Um the replayability, I think, on this is pretty high. Um, every time you go on a quest, it's going to tell you what cards to take, shuffle them up, so stuff's going to come out in different order. Uh, even if you've seen some of the different um, 
or read some of the different adventures, even in the beginning, the one we just did for the start, like learning how to play the game, learn uh, the first quest, we won't have to go through again. Um, I know when we get four shards of the eight, we're going to go on a certain quest. Up until then, between now and getting those four shards, um, our characters can just pick which uh, realm we want to journey through. And it's just like the Silver Tower has the different sort of like bits of the different realms in it. And you can journey through these different types of adventures. And it just, um, depending on which characters you pick, depending on how the cards roll out, depending on what skills you get, everything comes up different. Um, oh, yeah. How do you keep your skills? I think that was in here. I forget where it is in the rules. But when you get to the end of a quest, you basically... Um, Let's see. Boop -a -doop -a -doop. It's in here somewhere. And uh, at the end of the quest, you uh, depending on how many skills you keep, how many skills you can keep depends on how many fragments you've found. So if you haven't found any fragments and you've gotten skills, you don't get any skills. Yeah. It's basically the further you go along, the more you can keep. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to find... I don't see it here, and I know it's in here because we read it yesterday. <laughs> we read how this works. We didn't just hallucinate that. It's okay. It, it'll be there somewhere. Ah, here we go. It's actually on page one, ending a trial. So whether you're successful or not, you keep going around looking for the next test. Each Okay, so when you get to the end, um, roll a die for each treasure card you have. You get to keep it on a floor up. So you may lose some of the treasure moving from place to place. Some of it might become useless or break or down. Or all of it if you have terrible luck. <laughs> Any fragments of the amulet that are kept by the player are kept by the players. If you have no fragments, then you have to discard all your skill cards. If players do have any fragments between them, that will help them retain their memories. If they have a fragment, every hero can keep one skill. If they have two or three fragments, you can have two skills. Four to seven fragments, you can keep three skills. If you have all eight fragments, you can keep up to four skills. You must discard the rest. You can only ever have four skills. Um, and you just keep them when you go to the next trial. You can either keep them with your hero card or just make a note for, for later. Um, so basically, you're going to need to keep track. On, in the, on the old Warhammer quest, there were these little character sheets you got where you would write down all your progress. Of course, said, in a digital age like today, just put it in your phone. The, well, the app. The app, actually, you can keep track of your characters and how much renown they've got and how much stuff they've got. So if you download the Warhammer app. So you can get a free app as opposed to paying $0.97 cents for a notebook. I think the app is free. Um, I think downloading the, getting the extra characters and the extra uh, things that they have in there, you have to pay for. Um, but it's uh, apparently a lot of different characters you can you can do from what I understand. Um, I haven't looked at it yet, but someone was telling me about it. I was talking with uh, Greg Dan, and he was saying that there's a lot in there uh, that you could purchase. So um, that's kind of the game. In a nutshell, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's simple as that, really. And they could easily come out with expansions for this. You just need another book with another adventure. I mean, the adventure book is the big thing. It's just got the different things. Uh, a couple of cards to explain some of the tiles. Um, you could drop out expansions for this left and right. And it's easy to learn. Like, mom would totally play this. 
Kira is excited. Kira watched us play. And she's like, I can figure this out. I'll, I'd like to play. I mean, she's 10, and she'd need help in the beginning, but she's excited to play. And uh, I think that's I think that's cool. And I think that's I think that's the point here is to get this game out where it's so simple, give you a feel for sort of what this is like. And then you can go and buy a lot of stuff for Age of Sigmar. It'll yeah. like get people, you know, ready to play and then you can buy whatever, then GW makes money. <laughs> um so I think Overall, this is wait. Now I know uh, Herner was asking me if there's a way he wants to work this into his, into his. I think into his tournament or something like that. And I was just like, um, I don't know how. Uh, maybe he asked campaign. I don't remember, but I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm not imaginative enough to figure out exactly. Um, I'm sure you could if you hacked away at it, but maybe. Sure, I just I don't I don't see how how the two uh, intermingle as much. Um, if I was going to do something like that, I would just use a Mighty Empires board myself or something like that. But um, I think this is a really great. Like I said, if you've played the app, you've played this game. This is just the board game version of that game, and it's a lot of fun. And you can play with more than one player. As with the app, I'm just sitting by myself and playing, um, and I just. <laughs> I know that when we get in there, like if your Uncle Chris is over and your Uncle Chris is going to play with us or something, I know that the whole element of I can grab this and just leave you behind or I could throw all the enemies toward you. He would love something where you could just be like, oh, yep, I'm just going to be that guy, shove everything <laughs> towards you, and I'm just going to keep running. Yeah, or get my piece or do whatever I need to do because uh, you know I, I want to grab the bit of glory or grab the bit of renown. Now, granted, shoving them all towards you, that gives you a better chance to kill them and get the renown and get the skills. But Unless it also, you're playing a wood elf and can't take a hit to save your life. Exactly. There's a good chance that... Literally to save your life. Yeah, since you only get to attack on your turn... And when they're attacking you, you just gotta sit and take it. It could be really, it could get really bad. You could slow your 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 friends down in the game, give yourself a better chance to win. It's just the way these stories unfold. I know that we can go back and play them again and again and different things. And if 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 the if the sales on this are good, the rate that they're gonna crank out extra adventures and extra material, extra content. I mean, look how fast they've been cranking out the AOS stuff, and this is just gonna be really easy for them and then once again the more i think the more um characters the more models they take from the game from aos and release them as the characters in this the more the crossover comes you could go pick up this model go pick up that model add it to your game i want to play a hurricaneum in this <laughs> i don't think you could be a hurricaneum i think you just have to be a guy okay gw step up your game let me play Hurricaneum in the middle of a dungeon. So, overall, it's not it's not Warhammer Quest that you remember. It really it isn't. And you know, if 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 that's the game you really want, with all the extra cards and all the extra tokens and all the extra pieces, you're not going to get it. They've streamlined it into something that is really just works. Like it. It worked like it. Everything made sense. Everywhere you, uh, uh, you know, the the randomness of of how things are going to show up and attack you is but all. But it's not absurdly in. random. 
No. Like there, it, there is a lot of structure to the random. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, when you roll the dice to see what happens, things can go wonky. Um, but the game itself just moves really easily and simply and unfolds really well. And uh, if you're playing, you can keep that character going. You just keep it down on a sheet like every other character, every other game. Um, Write it on the back of your D&D sheet. Exactly. It's, it's, I, I just, I really like it. Like I've, you know, I, and I play other dungeon crawls. We have descent and descent's good, but descent takes forever. It's so much stuff going on in descent and you have to have uh, some guy going against you. It takes like a year to play. Yeah. Um, even, uh, dungeon saga. Dungeon saga is a lot like the old, uh, the old hero, uh, or not hero quest, um, a Warhammer quest, in that you've got all those extra pieces and you've got that character sheet. This is just so much easier to take out and to play. It's 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 great. Like I was so like at first when I saw that it was really simplified, I was worried. Oh my gosh, is this going to be the? Oh my goodness, it's too simple. It's not. Is this going to be fourth edition talisman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this going to go from second edition to fourth edition talisman? Good example, Harrison. Uh, and I don't think it did. Uh, fourth edition talisman I played like twice and I don't really play it anymore. Like I wish I still had the second edition talisman. Um, this we played on Saturday and we want if we would have had more time we would have played it again today. And um, you know I can see over the summer I can see us playing this a bunch. Like t- you know in the evenings. Or well, the I mean you could just take it out and you can play a dungeon in like forty five minutes. Sure. And then if you got a few friends over, you could play a couple of two three dungeons. Um, I can totally see you if like if your buddies come over, Francis and them come over. You could teach them. First of all, you could teach them how to play this, really, like in the first round. Everyone will have the rules down, and then after that, you guys can sit and play for an afternoon and have a good adventure and and keep your stats and 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 uh, and have a good time. Uh, the guys who just want to play a board game, they're done. The guys who look at this and think this is really cool, you could totally introduce them to to Age of Sigmar after after playing this, like a, you know, a, a tabletop war game. It's 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 just. I really like it. It's standalone and it has, but it does also have potential to evolve, which is super interesting. And I like where they're going with it. Yeah, I I I can't say enough about it. Um, you know, this just really, I was just really pleased. I mean, we had no idea where this was going to go, and uh, I I can't say enough about how much I liked it. So that's our review. Two thumbs up. Four thumbs up, because you have thumbs as well, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Opposable thumbs even. I'm proud of you. Woo. So, okay, that's it. Um, That's everything. Warhammer Quest, yes, uh, $150 price tag, but I think you got about eight character models on there that normally sell at about, I don't know how much that Gaunt Summoner costs. but Like 40 bucks? I think the Gaunt Summoner is like 30 bucks. I mean, you look at those. Um, plus the other 30, 40 some odd models I got in here for bad guys, plus all the tiles and stuff. I'm not, I'm not complaining at all. Um, this is, if you buy this, you're like making money. Well, don't get silly, but, uh, no, the models in here are really nice and really cool. I can't wait to, to, to paint them up and get this game working proper, but, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to go back in. We've got our characters. Um, we didn't wind up getting any skills in our first adventure. We didn't uh, get that going. We got a little treasure going. 
Um, but I'm I'm jumping back in. Like we're gonna play. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm hype. Yep. So, folks, give it a shot. I hope this helped. Um, I hope this made sense. We're kind of all over with the rules. It's just this is kind of how you play. You just take. Are your the turns. rules available online for free? I don't think so. Huh. That's a first. But uh, you know, I mean, well, you need the you need the why would they be? You need the game. You got to buy the game. Well, I mean, like, if it doesn't make sense, like... Oh, no, it should. I mean, it's like I said, it, like, if if you, if what I'm saying doesn't make sense, go download the app, the Warhammer Quest app, the actual game, and play it for 10 minutes. And then if you like that, go buy this. You'll have a good time. And you will like it because it's a lot of fun. So, all right, um, we're going to take a break. Uh, Harrison, thanks for coming and chit-chatting and letting people know what you think. Thanks for having me. And... Um, when we come back, uh, I'm going to wrap up the show. I'm going to announce the winners of the 2015 painting challenge um, because I finally got that done. And people Ooh, only put, five months late. Well, shut up. I just got the forms back up, and we had about 10 or 12 people get their th- get, get their pictures back up uh, on the on the page. So we have a winner, and I'll be sending them stuff in the mail. So stay tuned, and when we come back, I will let you guys know what all that is right after this. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Okay, I'm back, wrapping up the show here. Uh, just just me, uh, the boy, went to bed. Uh, he's got his last final tomorrow. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I know it was a little convoluted and sort of all over the place. I had notes, but uh, I'm not used to explaining how a, a game-type game runs from start to finish. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, when Harrison and I were discussing it as we were playing on Saturday, he was much more a part of the conversation. I don't know what happened. I think he got a little nervous being the main co-host for a major segment and uh, had a little bit of a deer-in-the-headlights look going on. <laughs> but uh, I hope what did come across is that we really did enjoy the game, and we we are going to be playing it more. Uh, we look forward to uh, the app, getting downloading the app and, and looking at the different characters we could play and looking forward to any expansions that happen. Um, I know Harrison's excited. Um I know Saturday, the 21st, we've got the uh, tournament, but he's already asked if he can have friends over on Sunday uh, and that we can, you know, a couple of them can come over and we can all play because uh, he's excited to play some more. So 
uh, that right there is, is you know, that's a success. So um, give it a try. If you liked the app game, you should like this game. And the models are just brilliant. So uh, that is that. Uh, before we go, um, I know we had the uh, 2015 uh, painting championship challenge type thing, and I went through all of them. And so basically, um, I wanted to mention, if, you know, thank the people. We only got about 10 or 11 people who had it finished and, and bothered to go and get their pictures and repost it on the new uh, the new webs, the new forums. Uh, and thank you to those people who did. Um, just to mention, I try to mention a few here, uh, you know, uh, Bua on the forums, his chaos, dark elves and AOS, uh, very nicely based, nice base work on that. Um, the custom basing was really good. Um, uh, more Dante, his dragon ogre shoggoths, uh, looking very nice. Um, Siruk, Kiruk, uh, his Skaven, man, saved it all, posted every stage of the work. Really nice work. Um, Tyromancer, his Dark Elf add-on army. Uh, gorgeous banners and freehand on that stuff. Uh, really looking good. Um, Pez, uh, his conversions. Uh, that ethereal glow. I really like that ethereal glow. His gem work, top-notch. Um, Squirrel Freak had his Dogs of War stuff up, and that's cool. You don't see a lot of Dogs of War stuff up um grox vc had nice diorama bases going on um and azoth had terrain high elves chaos and vc lots of monsters lots of chimeras manicores phoenix etc really nice um so we went through it and um tried to uh went in and, and rolled up rolled up a winner here for this and uh we wound up going to uh, Tyromancer's Dark Elves. Um, just it was just and congratulations. You know, like I said, I, I said I was going to do it random for the win because everybody put their time and effort in and came back in, um, and I thought that was great. So, Tyromancer, uh, get in touch with me, and uh, we'll get you out your uh, super prize. And um, oh. And I just we I, I threw in a, a second prize here. This one I'm get I'm getting out there uh, for Azuth uh, with his terrain, his high house cast and VC Chimera, Manticores, Phoenixes, tons and tons of monsters. So um, we got we got you a uh, Manticore Club T-shirt that I'm gonna send out to you. Um, just get in touch with me, and uh, we'll get the size set up and get you a shirt ordered and get that out to you. I was just too beautiful not to get out a little extra prize. Um, so I just wanted to get that done. Um, and initially, we had planned on something a little bigger. You know, we had 80, 90 people signed up, and then the whole forum crashed and everything. So, But thanks to everyone who did join in and do this, because there's some beautiful stuff there. Go ahead and take a look on it at the Garage Hammer forums if you haven't seen it yet. It's some pretty cool stuff. Um, we'll be back in a couple of days uh, because this episode is so late. Um, but we'll be back in a couple of days. Um, I believe we're going to have Domus and McClure on, and we're going to be talking about um, some of the things that we've been hearing about coming out uh, in the near future and what we think about AOS and, and the direction things are going based on what we've been hearing in the rumors. 
Um, sort of a bit of a fanboy episode, um, which is just fine with me. But uh, that's the plan. So we'll see you in a few days um, with that episode. And until we are back with episode 145, just remember, folks, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at garagehammer.net. And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.